But today we're going to finish up with uh, first reprioritizing our life, and and I hope you've enjoyed these past 21 days. And and uh, to be honest, I'm I, it's been great, but I'm ready to see the reward from what we've been doing. We've had some amazing times of prayer. I know many people have been fasting different things, just kind of going after God. And I encourage you to make fasting a a discipline that you practice ever so often. If something comes up in your life where, where uh, you just need some wisdom, you need, uh, you're interceding for somebody's health, I don't know, you just want God to do more in your life, take a little bit of time for fasting and praying. God, God declares in his word that he rewards those when we diligently seek him. And I can't think of a greater way to diligently seek the Lord than through fasting and prayer. Today, we're going to continue with that. I don't know if that's not about fasting and prayer, but about some real key priorities in your life. And so after the service, we've got a uh, event we call, we've done it in different ways over the last little bit, but we call it group link. And it gives you an opportunity to sign up to be in a small group. We start our small group our first season in just a few weeks, and we would love everybody to be in a group. So as you look, the campus pastors will tell you, but as you look around the room in just a minute, there's women's groups and couples groups, men's groups, there's support groups. Like if you just went through a loss of a loved one, there's a grief group. If you didn't get to go through financial peace or you want to take it again, there's a financial peace group that'll be starting again. There's a uh, overcomers group, those that are wrestling with addiction. There's a proven men's group, uh, guys that are trying to live in moral purity. So that will be under support. There's softball, uh, interest groups, softball, hiking. I, I can't remember all of them, but there's just some, some inter, we're just trying to build relationships, cultivate some community. You say, well, why is this so important? Why is it important that I be in a small group? When when we first started Clover Hill, we were a small group. We had 11 people that were coming, and uh, we, we, we did life. I mean, you just knew, and it was great. I never dreamed in a, in a million years, never, ever dreamed that we'd be at two campuses, three services, 1,600 people, 3,000 people on Easter and Christmas Eve. Never, never dreamed 3,500 people would call Clover Hill their home. Never even, never even thought, uh, that was not on my radar back then. But I soon learned that Sunday morning wasn't enough, that, that if we're going to fulfill the purpose of connecting people to Christ and moving them along in their spiritual journey, then Sunday, I mean, it's obviously needed. And you know, I preach about the church and the importance of it. Forsake not yourselves, the gathering of yourselves together. But, but we, needed, we needed not just to get together in rows to celebrate, but we need to get together in circles to, to, to have community and to have conversation and where you can be able to ask, what, what was Pastor Stan talking about on Sunday morning? What, what did that mean? Or, or where you can just interact with one with one another. And, and see, here's my goal for you. My dream for you is that you really are growing in your relationship with God. That, that if you think you've arrived, then, then you're missing the point. The journey with Christ, it's not a destination. It is a journey. And we're con we ought to constantly be moving and, and, and going a little bit deeper in. I want you to know God. I want you to experience freedom. I want you to find to get, I want to get Egypt out of you so you can move forward in your walk with God. I want you to discover your purpose because you were created for something more. You were created for something divine. God has his handprint on your heart and he wants to use you to make a difference 
in this world. And again, I hope you come on Sunday morning and are so encouraged and so inspired that you can go hunting a bear with a switch, but, but it's, not, it's not enough. You need, you need not only to celebrate and worship together and be encouraged together, but you need to be, you need to be connected together. It's the only way we're going to reach our full potential. It's the only way that we're going to go grow in our walk with God. See, our, our mission at Clover Hill is to connect people to Christ and move them along in their spiritual journey. Our strategy or how we do that is to try to create a Sunday morning experience that's relevant, that's inspiring, that's encouraging. But we also want to, we want to, we want to, Create small groups, small environments that are relationable. And is that a word? That, yeah, I think so. Relation, just put A-B-L. It's, it's fine, isn't it? Relationable. If you don't, I'm sure that's in the dictionary. If it's not, it needs to be in there. That are that, are, that, are that and are, that are so much more. That there, where there's accountability. You need accountability. I don't know what's going on in your life. You need somebody that, that can speak to the issues that you're going, at, going through and, and that you're walking in. I, I think of Jesus. When Jesus came to the earth, he, he, had a, he had a mission, and his mission was to change the world. So how did he do that? His mission was to bring hope and, and help and life to everyone he came in contact with. So he got 12 guys around him and he invested in them and he poured his life and together they encouraged one another and they trusted one another and they loved one another and they cared for one another and they prayed for one another and they devoted themselves to one another and they honored each other and they served one another and they instructed one another and they submitted to one another and they confided in one another and together they turned their world upside down. So if it was good enough for Jesus... It should be good enough for us. We ought to model what Jesus did. And, and we start at, at, in, your, in kids' church. So today, if you checked your kids in to, uh, to our kids' ministry team, we have a group of leaders that are, are, are interested in their lives and are ready to meet them. And they have large group where they worship together. And then they have a lesson that, that somebody teaches them on their level that, that is, is filled with biblical truth and biblical principles. And then they break into small groups. Little groups of seven or eight, ten kids where they can ask their small group leader. Leaders like Sierra, who is a college student, who loves kids, who loves your kid, who wants to invest in their lives, who comes prepared and ready to to speak into them and to be another voice reaffirming the values and the commitments that you're wanting your kids kids to, to be a part of. People like David Malcolm, a father of three, busy father, but wants to make a difference in the lives of children. So, so every Sunday he'll serve in a service and he'll invest in, I am so grateful for the, for the kids workers that invest in my eight-year-old that, that are instilling in him. How many know sometimes I can say it till I'm blue in the face and he'll be like, yeah, dad. But then he'll come home and say, dad, do you know David told me this? I'm like, Mike, I've been telling you that for 30 He's not 30 years old. I've been telling you that forever. What are you talking? He just needs somebody else to speak into his life. And that's what I want. I want us to be, I want us to partner with one another. And that's what we're doing. So large group, small group. This season of youth, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go to Wednesday night starting here in February. And, and, and uh, they'll meet at seven o'clock. And what will they do? They'll do large group. Pastor Derek, and I'm, I'm so proud of him and, the, and, the, and, the, and just the passion that he has 
has and the commitment that he has to your kids and the desire he has to make a difference in their lives, he'll share a word. They'll, they'll worship together and then they'll break into small groups where a group leader can, can, can really speak into their situation and to their life. I've got three older kids and I'm telling you, if it weren't for group leaders, if it weren't for people like Eric who, who invested in them and deposited in them and sowed in them and didn't give up on them, if it wasn't like people like Heather who came alongside my daughter and met with her and had coffee with her and, and allowed her uh, to be uh, available and a voice that, that, could, that, that Emily could bounce stuff off of, I'm not sure if they, where they would be today in their relationship with God. They still call, my boys still call on their small group leader. They, they still ask him for prayer. They still want him to be involved in their life. And, and that, that's what, that, and it's just not for kids and youth. It's for all of us. We all need that. We all need people that will hold us accountable and, and walk with us and help us. There's four areas of our lives that, that, that I want to just show to you real quick. There's, a, there's the arena in your life. That's what you know and what everybody else knows about you. It's real superficial, but, but maybe your marital status or how many kids you have or where you, where you go to school, the color of your hair. It's the arena. It's the big picture. It's, it's not very deep. You don't have to know each other very well. There's just some things that, that you know. There's another area. It's called, it's the mask. And that's what I know about me, but you don't know about me. That's where I try to hide my flaws and my issues and my struggles. It's where I don't want to share my weaknesses or, or my, my doubts or my fears, where, where I don't want people to, to know that, that, I, that I lack faith sometimes, that, that I, I doubt my relationship with Jesus sometimes, that I don't understand Scripture sometimes, that prayer isn't as powerful as pastor always talks about it, that I just have this mask on my life. And I'm telling you, if your mask or not, removed, you're going to get in trouble. If I don't mean everybody, but somebody, a few somebodies need to know about you what, what you really don't want everybody to know about you. They need to know where you're going on the internet. They need to know what you're doing on that business trip. They need to know what you're thinking and what you're wrestling with and what you're struggling with. They need to know how you're treating your spouse and, and interacting with your kids. If you're going to and I'm, I'm trying to speak, I'm assuming you're in church today because you want to grow closer to God and you want to move along in your spiritual journey. If that is the case, you're going to have to remove your mask. If you're going to, and I, again, not to everybody. Everybody doesn't need to know all your issues and your junk, but there need to be a few somebodies that can speak into it. Here's another thing, your blind spots. Here's what this is, what you know about me, but I don't know about me. And it's like, not long ago, I bit into a piece of caramel chocolate, and I had a piece of caramel hanging down from my mouth, and I didn't feel it. And finally, I don't know how long it took, I don't know how many people saw it, but one person had the courage, because they knew me, and they said, Pastor, why, 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 it's a blind spot. It's, it's like the other day I came into church, and, and I'd been fasting that day, I, I'd like to blame it on that, but Jeff said, Pastor, you want a piece of gum? I'm like, sure, why? Your breast stinks. You need a piece of gum. It's, it's a blind spot. It's, it's stuff we don't know about. We don't know about us, but others see it. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in a minute. And then here's the last spot. It's the potential. It's I don't know and you don't know it, but there's a seed of potential in me that needs, needs to be tapped into. It says iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens 
another. It, it's, and, and it, it, it's this stuff that, that we need. It's, it's the mask needs to be removed. The potential needs to be revealed. The relationship needs to be built. Why? So we can, we can grow and mature in our, in our walk with God. Solomon wrote a book entitled Ecclesiastes. And uh, Solomon wrote Proverbs, and then he wrote Ecclesiastes, and he gives us some wisdom and some insight into relationships in chapter four. And, and he gives us a lot of common sense that right now isn't so common, and it speaks to the importance of being in a small group, of being connected relationally. And as soon as I start talking about that, I know I get kicked back. Well, we're too busy. It's not a good time. We got, we got young kids. It's too hard right now. I'm not a people person. And, and, and I know that. But the reality is we're all busy. And it's never a good time. And we always got other things to do. But if we're serious about our relationship with God, the Bible is very clear that this, this is not... This is not the exception. This should be the rule. This is not, I ought to do it. This is ought to be, ought to have a conviction to be a part of it. And for us that know the value of small groups, for us that have been walking with people through the years, through community, life-giving community, where we're, we're opening up the word of God together, we see the value. We see the importance. We see the significance. And Solomon, this is what he says. He says, two are better than one, for they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, and that's important, it, and you know what I've learned about falling down? It's not, it's not if you fall down, it's when you fall down. You're going to stumble. You're going to trip. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity, I feel sorry for anyone who falls and has no one there to help them. How many have ever seen someone fall financially and, and no one was there to help them up. How, how many of you ever looked on and observed somebody who, who, who failed relationally and there was no one to come alongside them and, and help them up? Maybe, maybe they, they had a serious illness and, and, and it's not like they tripped, but, but, but life happened to them and, and they're sick and, they, and nobody was there to help them up. Nobody was there to come along beside them. How about somebody that fell morally, that made a bad decision, that made a mistake and, and, and then they were left on their lo- alone to, to tackle it by themselves, that, that never had anybody to help them up. If, if you're in one of those situations where, where you've fallen, where you stumbled, do you have somebody in your life that can ask you, is everything okay? And they're not going, they're not going to allow you to say, sure, everything's fine. Where they're going to, do you have somebody in your life that you can call on early in the morning and they'll answer? Do you have somebody that knows your failures and, and where your mask has been uncovered and they know your faults, but they still like you and they're still for you? Do you have somebody, if you fail, that they they would be there, some, a few somebodies to pick you up. And, and if you don't, you're not alone. 25% of Americans say they don't have a single close friend, a single close or trusted friend. And, it, and, it, and that scares me because we have 700 friends on Facebook who knows what we had for breakfast this morning, but we don't have one friend who we can go out to breakfast with. And I, I, Facebook is a great thing, and, 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 and I'm not... I'm not down on Facebook, but, but it is, it's, it's not to be meant to be, it's, a rep, it's not a replacement for a relationship. It's a supplement to relationship. Relationships are not built thumb to thumb. They're built face to face in community. Do you have someone to help you? I pity the person who doesn't, Solomon said. 
I feel sorry for him because no one should have to fight cancer alone. And no one should have to watch a kid go prodigal alone. And no one should go through divorce alone. And no one should have to fight an addiction alone. No one should have to battle the enemy alone. And if you're alone, you're vulnerable. Yeah, you have an adversary. You're vulnerable to depression and defeat and despair. You, you, need, some, you need some friends. Here's what, here's what the writer of Hebrews said. Uh, Hebrews said right here, Hebrews 3. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelief. I want to just slow down. I know I get fast sometimes, but I want the word of God to sink in your heart because this what the word is what can change you and transform you. The word ought to be what convicts you and brings change to you. Here, see to it, brothers, sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Well, well, we just went through 21 days of prayer. We've just pressed in. We, we've spent some time in fasting. We've been here on Wednesday night. Why, why would we even think about turning away from the living God? Because, because it's not only in our capability, it is our natural tendency. Why would anybody, well, because the writer says be careful about drifting and slipping away. Be careful about turning away from the living God because that's our natural bent. We turn, we tend to turn away from things that are good for us. I mean, you think about it. We, we want to go on a diet. We want to exercise. Don't go to the gym in January. Why? Because it's packed. You can't get on a machine. There's sweat everywhere. It's terrible. Go in February. It'll be back to normal. It'll be cleared out. Why? Because we, we have a hard time staying committed to what's good for us. Spiritually, it's the same way. We tend to drift. Relationally, we get too busy. We get too caught up. We get, we get lost in other things. And the, and the, and the writer is saying, look, guys, be careful that you don't, that you don't drift away from the living God and to keep you from drifting and to keep you from turning. You say, I'd never turn away from God. You will if you're not, if you're not, if you're not, what's, what am I, if you're not intentional about it, if you're, if you're, if you're not delaying gratification, if you're, if you're not in community, the likelihood of you turn away is going to be a lot greater than it is uh, without community. So, so, so here, here's what he does. I mean, and it's just known you, you remember, you, you know why Weight Watchers is so successful? Because you got to go to a group to check in. And you know somebody's going to be asking about your weight the next week. You, you know why exercising is now, it's caught on, it's all in groups. There's these uh, boot camps going up everywhere where people, I mean, everywhere, it's groups. Why? Because they see the value, the accountability, the importance of exercising together. People show up when they build relationships, when they know somebody else knows if they're not there. That, that's why, again, roads are important. And so is community. So is circles. Here, so, so what? That's Hebrews 3, 12. Don't, don't drift away from the living God. Okay, how do I do that? Verse 13, but encourage one another. That's just one of the 51 another's found in Scripture. And the encouragement the, the, in the context and the word that that means, it's not like, uh, come on, you know, that a boy, you're great, you're good. It's not, it's not just, just way to go. That, that's not what it means. It means to appeal to, to exhort, to urge strongly, 
to implore or to beg. It's like, hey, I know I have a tendency to drift. I know you have a tendency to drift. You have a capacity to turn from God. You have the propensity to isolate and hide behind your mask and and make mistakes that ruin your life. But if we'll come alongside one another and if we'll encourage one another, if we'll be in each other's life, if we'll remove the mask and let people know what's going on, if you're in a relationship that allows others to speak into your life, that notices and addresses when you don't show up. And pastor, you don't even know I'm not here. No, I don't. Unless I see you in the Walmart and I go, man, I haven't seen them in a long time. Why? Because there's 3,000 people that call this their church that are circulating and coming in and out. I don't know if you're not here every week, but you need somebody to know. And that somebody is those people in your small group that can hold you accountable and come alongside you. And make a, make a difference in your life that will encourage you in your relationship in Christ. And when you have encouragement, the possibility of the drift decreases greatly. The potential for you to turn your back on the living God loses its power. When you're in a mask and you're hiding your struggles, it's easy to drift and fall. He said, but encourage one another daily. Community takes consistency. You, you just can't show up every now and then. If you're going to be in relationship, you got to be in relationship. It takes, it's, not, it's not built. It's not wrapped around convenience when I feel like it, when I have time. It's built around conviction that I need to be there for my sake and for the sake of others. That people need me to be there and I need to be there. It's, it's daily as long as it's called today. And what's the, what is the author saying? What's he, what's he mean? One day we're going to get to heaven and we're not going to drift anymore. But as long as we're in this world, as long as it's today where we have struggles and challenges and temptations and difficulties, we need encouragement so that none of you may be burdened by sin. Are you getting this? I, I think you're getting it by sins, burdened by sin's deceitfulness. Sin deceives you. It'll take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you want to pay. And the best defense against sin is we, not me. It's when we're together looking out for each other. Listen to what, uh, what I'm, really what I'm trying to say and, and bring, bring together, that group life is preventative. That group life can keep you from, remember I said blind spots, and we all have them, and we don't realize them because that's why they're a blind spot. When I'm driving down the road and a car comes up beside me, there's a particular area or position that they can get in that it's a blind spot. And if, I'm, if I don't look and if I'm not super careful, I'm able to scoot it. And that blind spot has the potential to really destroy me. And, 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 and again, I don't want to belabor the point, but group life is preventative because it's, it's just easier to see blind spots in, in other people's lives than it is in, in your own life. Uh, it, you, you, need to, you need somebody to see what you can't see. You need somebody to see it coming. You say, well, what's it? And that's exactly my point. You don't know what it is because you don't see it coming. It's, have you ever been around some people where you've seen couples interacting and you see how the wife treats the husband and the husband treats the wife and there's no honor and there's no appreciation 
and there's no, and, and, and you, you just say, man, this thing's headed for a train wreck. I, I see it coming. Or, they don't see it because it's a blind spot. But you, you, you're around them a little bit. You've lived a little bit longer than they have. You know a little bit more than they do. It's coming. Or you see, you see parents who aren't disciplining their kids or discipline their kids in a way that's crazy. And, 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 and you've, you know, you've parented some kids and you've went through the stuff and you, you know, you know and, and, and you're, you're just like, it's coming. If they don't get this thing together, th- this is going to be a train wreck. That are, you've been around people financially where they have no, no regard for debt, that no fear of debt, where they live like today is the only thing that matters, and their spending is just crazy, and, and, and you know it, and, and you're thinking, you know what? They don't know it because it's a blind spot. I, I, I'm just living for today, but you know it, and you see it, and, and you realize that if something doesn't change in their life, it's coming. It, it, it's coming. You, you, need, you need people in your life that see it. And, 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 and I, I'm not talking about any somebody. Again, we're not the Holy Spirit, and we're not the, we're not the it police. And, and, and this is what I know about. I don't want people telling me the it if they don't know my motives. They don't know my heart. They don't, they've not been around me. I don't, I'm not interested, and I'm not going to be very receptive to a person that looks at me from a distance and then tries to point out my failures and my blind spots. But if, I, but if I'm in community with people, and I know you love me, and I know we have the same heart, and I know you care about me as much as I care about myself, and you want the best for me, then I better, I better listen to you when you talk to me about my blind spot. When you, see, we, it's easier for us to see it in others and it's easier for others to see it in us. And we need people that will speak to our, to our blind spots. It's, it, it, and it, it's just critical to our relational success and to our, and to our journey in our walk with Christ. And, and here's the thing about being preventative. And this is what I mean You'll, you'll really never know <clears throat> what you've prevented by being connected to other people that, that, are, that are trying to pursue Jesus and walking with God. Preventative is sometime, and that's the problem with being preventative because you, you don't always recognize it. You don't always know what you've prevented. How many accidents have you prevented because you've been a safe driver? It's not easy to to. to to quantify that. It's not able, easy to put that in some, some statistic or chart. You just don't know. How many doctor visits have you missed out on because you've eaten, eaten right and because you've exercised and been healthy? How many things are you never going to have to experience? There's problems you never have to deal with, issues you never have to face because you're in a group of people who are opening God's word together, learning how to apply it in their world, and holding each other accountable. What, what, how prevent it? And oftentimes we don't, we don't even realize it. What, what, listen, listen, what if you brought your kid consistently? And I'm not, I'm not yelling at you. I'm not, but here, here's what I know. The, the, the person that comes faithfully to Cloverhill comes one time every four weeks. So there's 52 weeks in a year. Your kid is coming on average 12 to 16 times a year. I mean, is that, is that, and, and then, Again, man, I don't want to sound anything, but I want to encourage you and help you. But we're so ticked off at the way the world's going and, and how people are just sliding and they have no regard for the word of God or the will of God. And, and we're just so upset and we're ready to blast people on Facebook and we're ready to go nuts over the, the, the recent even decisions in the courts and all that's going on. But my question is, what are we doing in our kids? 
Are we teaching them? Are, are we letting them know you don't live together with your spouse before you're married? You, do, you don't kill babies. You don't, you, you don't lie. You don't cheat. And are we allowing it to be reinforced, not just because I said so, but are we giving them a firm foundation based on the word of God? Are we getting in there? Are we getting, in them in an, are we getting our students and our kids in an atmosphere where they can learn together and grow together? And where they, if we don't do something, where, where are we going to be in the next generation as a country, as a nation as a church as a church and we can blame the government and we can blame public education and we can blame or we can look ourselves in the mirror and say what are we doing to make sure our kids are walking in a way that's pleasing and honoring to God and have and have enough in them to teach their kids and their grandkids help us Jesus I love you but help us Jesus and 12 to 16 times a month, a year is not enough if you want your kids to be, and, and, and church isn't the answer. I'm rambling, I'm sorry. Church isn't the answer. It's a partnership. It's us, it's, it's the church coming alongside you as a parent to reinstill it. And how many, I'm, when I talk about groups that are preventative, how many kids, and I don't know, but if they came consistently, that's why it's hard to quantify, you don't know. But, but if they came consistently and they, their hearts were open and they allowed accountability in their small group, they allowed young people, young adults, they allowed other adults speaking in their life. How many of those kids would not drop out of school because of the influence of a small group leader? How many would never drink or drive because of the positive peer pressure of those other kids that love Jesus? How many would never have to go through drug rehabilitation, will never, get her, never mess around with illegal drugs, girls that will never have to wrestle with an unwanted pregnancy? We have no idea. But if you think about it and the significance that God's word brings about partnering with other people, only eternity will, will be able to, to know what's been Prevented, and it's the same for adults. Group life is preventative. How many marriages would be saved from infidelity if we were really connected with a few somebodies, mask removed? How, how, many, how many would be saved from temptation and deceptiveness of sin? How many would be kept from becoming casual and callous in their walk with the Lord? How many would miss out on getting offended by the church and losing and breaking fellowship, walking away from the church if they had a group of people in their lives? How many parents would keep from getting frustrated and wanting to give up if, if they had, because group life's preventative. According to God's word, if we, make, if we make group life, if we make relationships a priority, it keeps us from drifting away, from, from moving away from the heart of God. Here, here, here's another thing I want you to know about group life. Group life is a lot like retirement savings. If you wait, you won't have it when you need it. Listen, this is good. This is worth writing down. Group life is a lot like retirement savings. If you wait, you won't have it when you need it. The most difficult calls we get, and I'm just going to say the, the church, because really this is the church. We're the church. People are the church. It's the, it's, it's the gathering together. It's the coming. We're the church. But people will call the church like the church office. Or they'll, they'll like I'm, I'm the church. The pastor is, the, you hear what I'm saying? Most difficult, the church receives. Different difficult calls we receive are when people call to let us know there's been tragedy or illness 
our marriage crisis, or a kid that is spun out of control. And, Pastor, can you come? Can the church help? And the first question I encourage our team to ask is, are you in a small group? And the majority of them that call will respond, no, we're not in a small group. And it's very obvious because if they were in a small group, that's who they would have called on first. And listen, we welcome those calls and we want those calls. And we will show compassion and, and the church, that the, 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 the church, the church, we will show compassion and care. We'll, 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 give, we'll give concern but, but I, I will too, we'll help lighten your load as best we can. And we'll pray for you through the situation. But what you need in that moment is not just care and compassion. You need community. You need, you need people that, that it's, that's why it's like retirement savings. Because if you don't do it, when you fall, you don't have it. That's why it's so important to make it a conviction, not just a feeling where, you, where it's not just done out of convenience, but it's done because I know one, there's going to be a time where I'm going to stumble and I need others to help me. There's going to be a time where my brother and sister stumbles and I need to be there to help them. That's why it's like retirement savings. Community takes time. That, that's why everyone needs a group of people. In 26 years of marriage and ministry and four kids, I, I've had my storms and my difficulties some due to my stupidity and, and my bad decisions, some outside of my control. And I'm, I'm telling you, right, I'm telling you, I would not be in ministry today if it weren't for an amazing wife and a supportive family, but also a group of committed friends that loved me and cried with me and rebuked me at times and encouraged me and came alongside me, and they were there for me because we had already built a relationship. They were there for me because we'd already been there for one another. If you're not, if you're not there, they won't be there. Does, does that make sense? That's why it's like retirement. You can't wait till it's done. When you go through a storm, we'll be our, we, the, the church, again, we'll do our best to be there for you. Me or somebody representing me will come to the hospital. We might have to look at the chart to make sure we're in the right room, but we'll come. We'll start a meal train for you. And if need be, we'll bring you a meal. We'll have to put it on our GPS because we've never been to your house, but we'll get there. We will do our very best but in your time of need, but we will never be as good as even on our best day, as a small group of people. The church will never, the pastor will never be that good because it was never intended to be that good. Because, when, because circles are always better when it comes to care and prevention than rows are. You need corporate worship. I, I can't, again, I said it last week, media's great, Live stream's great, but you need this. You need rows. You need shoulder to shoulder. You need corporate, but you also need community. You need circles. You need face to face. You, you, that's why Solomon said, two are better than one. Oh, Lord, Jesus, help us get this. In a day of 
self-dependence and no need for anybody else and I can do it on my own. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. But I feel sorry for anyone. I pity, I want to say pity the fool. You remember Mr. T? I just want to say that so bad. Pity the fool, anyone who, and for you that don't know who Mr. T is, God bless you. (laughs) And no one has, no one is there to help them up. The one may be overpowered. The better word for overpowered is overwhelmed. Two can defend themselves that a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Amen, everybody. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to do, Lord, I thank you today for, for the church, and I thank you for Rose, and I thank you for what, what you're doing and have done and will continue to do at Clover Hill and the, and the life that's in this place and the worship that we experience and the word that gets taught. Lord, I thank you for the faithful people that come alongside our kids and our teenagers that, that invest in, in young adults, that have a heart for marriages and those addicted and overcome and burdened. Lord, I'm I'm so grateful for the ministry of Clover Hill and the lives that have been impacted and the families that have been changed because of our ministry. And Lord, I pray today that 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 we would not we would see the important. You've given us everything for life and godliness. You've given us everything so that we can keep our hearts committed and faithful to you. And, And one of those things is community. I pray today we'll see the value. We'll recognize the importance, not because somebody told told me, but because it's written in your word, it's declared in your word, it's spoken about in your word. And God, that we would, we this would become a conviction, like church attendance would be a conviction, community would be a conviction. Lord, that I need it for my spiritual health, that I need it, I need it for a greater blessing in my life. I need it for to be more fulfilled and 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 complete, God. Lord, help us today. I, I pray we won't be conformed to the pattern of this world that says do it on your own, you're okay, you're big enough, you're strong enough, but we would be conformed and transformed today by, the, by your living word in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray nobody in this place will have to go through a tragedy, a trial, a temptation, a difficulty alone. Lord, that they'll have people that they've invested in, that have invested in them, that will come alongside them and, and encourage them and bless them and help them. In Jesus' name. Lord, I know community is messy, but but the, 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 the lack of it is worse. And Lord, I pray we'll be committed to it and that you'll help us in Jesus' name. Will you stand with me all, all over this place? We're going we're gonna to sing one more song. We're, we're going to go after God together. I encourage you to, to really fix your eyes and your heart on Him, to lift your hands in worship, to lift your voice in praise and adoration. And, and, and after that, uh, Tyler's going to come and give you some next steps. And, and I just want to lead us in that. Lord, we do love you today. And I know, I know worship's all about focus. And so we focus on you once more. And, and we, we give you, we surrender, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Come on, will you lift your voice with mine? Lord, we offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice. Lord, we want more of you. We're de- as the deer pants for the water, so our soul longs for you, God. As we sing this chorus, as we lift up our praise, will you be honored in this house? And will you, will you reveal your love and your grace in a greater way in Jesus?